Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Q&A session of the Financial Momentum Podcast. Uh, I've got a good question today about leases. So if you have a question that has to do with commercial real estate investing, my email address is paul at financialmomentum.co. Send me an email there, paul at financialmomentum.co, and ask me your question. I'll be happy to answer it and hopefully get a podcast episode out of it. With that, let's get started. everybody. Welcome to the Financial Momentum Podcast, the Q&A edition. So today I have a question sent to me about leases. And this is a common question I get a lot as a broker. And uh, this is about triple net leases and the difference between a triple net lease and a gross lease. So a lot of complaint that you're going to get as a landlord when you buy a property and if you do triple net leases... Uh, now, this complaint is mostly going to come from tenants who are new business owners, have never leased a space before. If they have, they probably already know this. They're probably already familiar with it. Uh, if they've ever leased a, a commercial space, they're likely going to know about it. But if they're new to that world and you tell them you have a triple net lease, which means that the tenant is responsible for property taxes, insurance on the property, and maintenance on the building. They are likely going to have an objection to that, and they're going to start asking questions. So how do you handle a tenant's objection to a triple net lease? That is the big question. How do you handle a tenant's objection to a triple net lease? So here's the main difference between triple net. I mean, there are several different leases. It's not just triple net and gross. You've got triple net, which is tenant pays property taxes, insurance, and maintenance. Uh, and then you've got a net net, which includes two of those items, and then a net, which includes one of those items. And then you have a gross lease where they don't pay any of that separate from the rent. It's all included in the rent. A lot of office buildings are gross leases. Um, they they find it very difficult to separate. Uh, usually it's just all, all inclusive, includes everything. So this type of uh, an arrangement, a triple net lease, makes it easy for the landlord uh, to make sure he's not going to lose any money uh, to make sure that he can keep his rental income uh, stable and know exactly what his cash flow is going to be. Because every year you're going to get a statement from the appraisal district on your property taxes. It's not going to be the same every year. And this way you get that statement and your tenant pays you whatever the amount is and you pay the tax bill. Uh, by the way, don't ever let them pay that bill directly. 
because you know what's going to happen eventually. Uh, bad things happen when you let somebody else pay payments for you. Uh, you need to let them pay it to you, and then you pay it to the appraisal district. Same with the insurance. Now, there are people out there who will uh, let the tenant get their insurance on the building and uh, let them pay for it directly. And sometimes if a tenant has more than one location, it's okay to do that because they're going to have a blanket insurance policy in, in a lot of cases where insurance company will insure more than one location and they can roll it in for a lower cost. But uh, I personally prefer for them to pay me directly. I get the insurance policy. I have control over how much the insurance is set for. I make sure that it gets paid and I don't wind up one day with no insurance and not know about it because that could happen. So then a gross lease the landlord, the property owner, just pays all those expenses and takes it out of the rent that the tenant pays. So what do you think the landlord's doing here? Well, of course, he's going to add in those expenses to the base rent every month. He's not going to go without being paid for property taxes, insurance, and maintenance. So that's what I tell the tenants when they complain about that. Why should I pay the property taxes for the landlord? Why should I pay your property taxes? Or why should I pay your insurance? Why should I pay for maintenance on your building? My answer to that is, it's very simple. You're always going to pay that. I can either give you a triple net lease at $25 a foot, or I can give you a gross lease at $30 or $32 a foot. But either way, you're going to be paying those expenses this way, you're not paying more or less than you normally would. If I give you a gross lease for $30 a foot, that's an extra $5 a foot. And these are just example numbers. So if I add $5 a foot onto the, to the rental rate for a, for a property, for a space, and it only costs me $3 a foot, I don't have to give it back to you. If it's a gross lease, I don't have to give it back. By the same token, if it costs $7 a foot, I'm out $2 a foot. So the best thing is just to have a triple net lease. The tenant in the long run is going to be happier. If property taxes go up, they're going to pay more. But if property taxes go down, and sometimes they do go down, they'll pay less. Uh, if insurance goes up or down, they'll be adjusted accordingly. If they happen to get through the year with no maintenance, they've saved some money. Uh, they, they might not get by with no maintenance. Chances are there's going to be some kind of maintenance. But, you know, if it's a pretty new building, there's a good chance they're going to get through the whole year without really any substantial maintenance cost. They're going to have a common area maintenance, of course. They're going to have to pay for that. But they're not going to have their air conditioner go out, you know, if it's a new building. Uh, or if it's fairly new, they're probably not going to have any roof leaks, probably not going to have uh, any plumbing problems unless they do something stupid, which does happen. But for the most part, everything evens out. The tenant ends up paying the same amount of money, whether it's a triple net lease or a gross lease. They just don't like the way it's worded. 
So if you can explain it to them that there is a chance they might pay less by having a triple net lease than than by having a gross lease, if you explain to them that, you know, they're going to be paying that cost anyway, it's just that now they're paying the exact dollar figure and not an estimate that the landlord has to put together. So when the end of the year comes and the landlord does a reconciliation on those expenses, sometimes the tenant comes out ahead because they end up either getting money back or uh, you know paying in less than they thought. And uh, it can turn out to be a good thing for the tenant. So that's that question. How do you answer a tenant's objections to a triple net lease? So let's go ahead and do one more question here. Uh, This question comes as another common question that I get, and it's one of my favorite ones actually, uh, because I have lived this myself and I uh, recommend this to people. And that's how do you, uh, what's the best first property to buy for a new investor? I'm a beginning investor. I don't know what to buy. I don't have a lot of money. What can I possibly find in commercial real estate? Uh, you know, I don't have two or $300,000 to put down in cash. I, I don't have that much at all. I can put together, you know, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000. What is the best kind of property to get started in? Well, my number one favorite one for a beginning investor is an office that used to be a house. I've talked about this before many, many times. That was my first commercial investment. It was an old house that had been turned into a doctor's office. Uh, The doctor died. I bought the property, bought it fairly cheap, and and did some renovations, and I leased it to a uh, land surveying company for an office. And that was a great investment property. I did it again later on when I needed an office for myself. I bought an old dentist office that used to be a house. The dentist retired, and I bought that for not much money at all. I think I paid $120,000 for it. It was 1,350 square feet and needed some work. I did most of the work myself, and uh, along with a, a friend that I hire pretty frequently to do construction work, and, uh, you know, we put $25,000, $30,000 into that and uh, maybe closer to 20000 and had a nice looking building. And it was my office for a couple of years until I sold it. So those are some low cost properties you can buy. And you can buy anywhere, you know, up to $250,000 and, and less. Uh, you can buy one of those kind of properties. Another one that I like is small industrial properties. And I'm talking about, you know, 2,000, 3,000 square feet. Uh, Usually it's a metal building with a small office space inside and the rest is shop space. And you can usually lease those out for uh, $2,000 or $3,000 a month, sometimes $4,000 or $5,000 a month. And you can buy some of those for $200,000 to $300,000. And so you don't need a whole lot of cash. You know, if you can get, uh, do it on a 25%, 30% down, but get a partner or something. Uh, if you don't have enough cash for that, find a partner, find someone to go in on it with you. 
uh, find an investor that is always looking for opportunities. You know, there are people out there that, that want to buy properties. They don't have the time to go look. They're willing to put up cash. If you take the time to find the property, do all the due diligence, and bring them the deal, and, and uh, you know, you go on the note with them, and you share the debt, but uh, they'll happily put up the cash and uh, share a deal with you. So, you know, there are a lot of ways to get started in this. Those small properties like that are fantastic. Those two properties, they're very simple to buy, simple to own and manage, and simple to lease out. So look for those. And I can tell you where to look. Go on to Crexy.com. It's C-R-E-X-I.com. That's my favorite commercial property listing site. Uh, there's also loopnet.com. Uh, it's not my favorite, but, you know, they have good properties on there, a lot of listings. Uh, so go look for those and uh, make friends with a broker. If you can find in your city an independent commercial real estate broker like me, somebody like me, and uh Talk to them and tell them what you're doing. Tell them you want to get started in real estate investing. They'll be happy to help you for uh, help you do it. And they're not going to charge you for looking for properties. They'll find properties for you. They don't charge you for that. They charge the seller. When the seller sells the pro- property, uh, they're going to get a commission from the seller. And another thing you can do is just get to know people, networking. Bankers uh, are good to know. Other investors, sometimes other investors will know about things for sale that they did they don't necessarily want. doesn't mean it's a bad investment. It's just not their type of investment. And they might, you know, call you up and say, Hey, I know about this property. Sometimes you can go to uh, uh, chamber of commerce events. Uh, there'll be people there that have properties uh, for sale that they want to sell. It's pretty simple. You just do those things. And, um, you can find those properties. Once you start looking, you'll be aware of them. They'll be in your awareness, and they'll just start popping up all over. They were always, they were always there. You just didn't notice those. But uh, once you start looking and get that into your awareness, you'll start noticing these properties everywhere. Uh, so that's it for this time. Two very good questions. Glad to have them. And if you have a question about commercial real estate investing, My email address is paul at financialmomentum.co and send me an email. I'll be happy to answer whatever questions you have and I'll talk to you next time on Financial Momentum Podcast. 